Welcome back to Star Wars Escape Pod and our first after show for the Bat Batch Season 3, the final season. Uh, we've got our friends Kyle and Kirk in the Escape Pod as well as your co-host Blake. And uh, we're super stoked to talk about the Bad Batch, the opener. Uh, and uh, also, Vancouver Fan Expo 2024. Uh, we're going to chat briefly about that at the start of things, just to get a catch up on how things went at the booth for Alki Solutions and uh, all the guests that we ran into. Kyle's got some good stories with uh, uh, some of the actors that showed up, like Aman, Efstani, and uh, so many others. So uh, we're going to get into things and dive right into that. Let's get into it. All right, welcome back, and uh, hello there, Blake. Hello there, indeed. Chut chut, new day. Chut chut. Oh yes, new season. Very exciting. Kind of. This is like the real end of Clone Wars. Yeah, that's actually kind of a crazy thought. This is like the the end of George's legacy of starting the Clone Wars, and this being like this direct sequel show to that. You know, it's kind of bittersweet with this ending. I thought it was over with yeah. Clone Wars, and then Bad Batch came along, and now it's ending. Uh, so. <laughs> pretty nuts um welcome back uh kirk hello sir yo 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 oh, good day good day joining us all the way from galaxy's edge <laughs> that accent that's that right. you hear it's, uh... down down that's right <laughs> that's right uh, and uh hello there kyle hello there welcome back sir was that a riff i heard oh, thank you. no I, I thought that was on your end but it did sound like a riff <laughs> <laughs> i'm not sitting here jamming a guitar <laughs> Fan Expo uh, was this past weekend, and uh, you know it's pretty cool uh, because I know that uh, you guys had a booth there, and uh, you know I was there uh, hanging out with you guys for a bit, and that was super fun. And you get around at the convention, you see a number of uh, of the actors from from these shows and everything like that. So I was wondering if you had any any good stories to share. Uh, yeah, well, there, there's quite a few because uh, they had a lot of great people there this time. So uh, Alex and I, we ended up getting to uh, to give Danny uh, Trejo his, what was it, his uh, Rancor Keeper lightsaber, which is our Vindicator. Right. So he asked us what lightsaber is, yeah, like he's like, what's, what's one is best fit for uh, a Rancor Keeper? And I was like, I, I would say this one. And he's like, all right, all right, I'll get that one. So so that was a lot of fun. I was at, at the event this weekend, and I didn't realize his real name was Danny Trejo because I've always just called him Machete. <laughs> so I think it's worth we're just <laughs> announcing that machete from Spy Kids. And, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's that's hilarious. Yeah, no, he's he's been in it so much stuff, man. A lot, man. But he's he's a super nice guy. And get this, you know what? And, and and you know what he said? He whispered to me because uh, the last time that I saw him, I said that I would love to be able to go down to uh, 
Straight Hose Tacos. And um, he said that he's actually going to be trying to open one up here in Vancouver. And uh, so the, I thought that was pretty cool. And and so maybe we'll see a Trey Hose Tacos up here in Vancouver, BC. That would do super well because oh, I man, think for sure. all the other taco places do really well around here. You know? People, yeah, tacos are tasty. Yeah. Everybody likes tacos. Yeah. Fantastic. I met Diana Lee. Um, we're actually on Diana Lee's um, Instagram. So that was pretty oh, cool. Nice. Uh, um, and... Yeah, and and also we got to meet Emin. Emin's such a great guy. So he's he's really really super nice. Is Emin, he just like the so the, yeah, it was just fantastic. He he really is actually like his little Twitter shorts and his TikToks and stuff, man. So Emin is really like just watching him on the panel. He was such a chill kind of guy, and you know, so like a lot of fun. Someone you like go to the movies with and hang out. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. He seems pretty casual. That's one thing I miss. I I miss the panel. So you guys are lucky you guys get to go sit down for that stuff but it was so fun having you when you came over to the table yeah <laughs> and, and all of a sudden you guys just went right to work yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was awesome happy yeah, to help happy to help yeah we'll have to do it again for sure <laughs> Um, yeah. So oh, it, heck yeah. Heck think, yeah, man. Didn't you say um, uh, Emin chose the, the Darth Maul saber? Oh, yeah, he did. So he chose uh, the Darth Maul saber, and uh, we got it all weathered for him. We did a little extra stuff for him. But, um, uh, yeah, he absolutely did, loved it. Did he request the weathering, or you did that yourself? He didn't request the weathering, but when oh, when, okay. when I showed it to him with the weathering, he, he was like, oh, my God, I didn't know it. Like, this looks even more real. I was like, thank you, dude. <laughs> so that was honestly super super cool. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, but um, no, I and I, I he he he's like so so you're gonna be up in Calgary, right? I'm like, yep, yeah, we're definitely gonna be up in Calgary. He's like, all right, man, yeah, definitely, we're gonna come and uh, stop by the table again. <laughs> pick out a few more so. yeah. yeah that's great yeah exactly <laughs> i had a bit of a theory i talked to you a bit about it briefly at the stand because i thought Edmund had requested it being weathered and my theory was because his character ezra maybe ha- had like found maul's old saber and like or like stolen it and so it was supposed to be like an in-universe like in his head cannon sort of situation yeah yeah oh man did he, did well, he come I, up to I, you I, and for, he's like i for, want the Old master. That's right. <laughs> no, no, no. He he actually said because what he wants to learn is uh, learn how to do the 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 spinning with a staff, so that when he gets back on like set and stuff like that, he's even more prepared. And I was like, oh, that's freaking sweet. Oh, that's cool. Because all he knows right now is basically one hand, and he's starting to learn two handed swinging. So he's getting into second hand, but he's like, I I want to learn how to do the staff swinging too. So there you go. Now he's like, I'm this. I can use this for it. Maybe yeah. <laughs> made him a training yep. Let's see. No, let's see what happens. Yeah. yeah <laughs> well, sure. we we did. It is it is pixel though. So I, I did tell him I was like, you don't really want to go dropping it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. True enough. You have to come back and order the, the other one in Calgary. Yeah. Uh, there was a number of Star Wars actors yeah, there see, this this past weekend. There was uh, so Emin was there. Diana Lee, who plays um, what was the character's name? The the night sister lady. Oh, Morgan. Morgan Elsbeth. Yes, yeah. thank you. Um, yeah, Morgan. Yeah. Right. Uh, so Emin, uh, you know, famously um, Ezra Bridger, as well as uh, Cameron Monaghan, who was there as uh, Cal Kestis from the Jedi series, the video game series. And uh, there was one. There's one more I'm missing. Giancarlo Esposito. Yes. There was Cara, Cara Dune. Oh yes, and no, oh, no, there, there was also uh, Cara Dune, of course. Uh, Gina Carano. Yes, yeah, she was there as well. Sadly, I missed the day that she was there. I, I was there on one of the days she was there. I just had did not see her, and then she did a panel on the day that I wasn't there. But 
Uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's uh, pretty neat. Uh, lots of Star Wars people showing up, so that was that was good to see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was good my my favorite is that. Uh, well, my favorite is that uh, you should see what our setup's going to look like now. So we've actually had to to get a, a larger setup. So we've contacted all of the uh, the conventions that we're going to across Canada, and we said, look, we're going to actually need to double the size of our our setups. Can we do that? And a bunch of them written back and said yes. So we're going to now have a double size setup, but it's also because of now we have so much memorabilia and stuff. Like we have so many pictures of all the people that, that have lightsabers from us that it, it, it's just, it's really, really, this setup's going to look great for the next one. Um, I even have a big cartoon picture of Alex and me uh, put onto a big thing that we can have behind us. It's going to look really cool. Yeah, that's, that's sweet. Uh we gotta we gotta get you a little TV or something that you can show all those pictures on something oh, it's something like slideshow big. thing you're thinking yeah yeah something they can see a mile oh away. we we do we do have we do have a well we do have one that's a little tiny one that's one of those little moving picture screens but uh, it's nice to have the ones where it's it's like they're signed and everything yeah I love all that stuff oh that's so cool yeah yeah it's oh like, it's we, like those old we want it with all the fa- famous people right oh yeah like this person's eating here yeah exactly. <laughs> Yeah, uh, those are cool. Yeah, <laughs> Alex. Alex wants to meet uh, Hayden because I got to meet him. But Alex wants to meet Hayden, and you know that box where the lights hit, where the one Darth Vader in it, where his fingerprints are still on it. Yeah, you know, we got in that glass box. The clonable she, Yeah, yeah. She wants to have him sign the box. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, idea. that one. That is a good, that is a good idea. Yeah, I, I mean, I I want to meet Hayden. See, keep ever, the picture uh, with it and have if, it signed. If you ever meet him, please video call me at any hour. I'll just be in the thing. Okay. Yeah, I just I okay. I'm going in right now. I'm going in right now. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I'm gonna. That'd, yeah. be, that'd be so funny. You gotta you gotta have the phone ready and just be like, hey, can I uh, can I just call my buddy Josh real quick? And uh, no, you yeah. already gotta be on the call on like Facetime or whatever. And he, and Kyle just keep his phone in the top in right the breast pocket. pocket. That's yeah. right. <laughs> Get the FOV. You, you, wait, wait a Hayden. second. Oh, down here. You, you know what'd be great? <laughs> you know, no, you know what'd be great? Nobody's ever taken a picture like that. I should, the next time I go to meet them, I'll have the camera out. <laughs> We're looking at you. They're taking a picture of us. That's hilarious. I love I love the fact that anytime Hayden comes up in our conversations, all of us just start man crushing over just him, you know? Fanboy real hard. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're the prettiest Jedi. Yeah, that's the best part. Oh, geez. I would That's exactly he, it. Oh, I would man. think he only goes to the East Coast cons, right? Because he lives out there. Or maybe like the big ones in California. Yeah, he's, he went to the Toronto Fan Expo, I think. Because he doesn't he live somewhat near there? At least he did. Yeah, he I did. He does anymore. Yeah, he did. Ontario somewhere. Like Hamilton yeah. or something. Right. Yeah, who knows? All right. Uh, well, uh, <clears throat> yeah, thanks. Thanks, Kyle, for that, uh, that Fan Expo update. I assume... <laughs> Things went pretty well, and um, you uh, seemed very busy whenever we visited. So. Totally, yeah. You're oh, ne- it's it. It always is so busy at our table, and it's and it's awesome because the people around us love it too. The uh, the like all the other vendors because there's so many people at our stall that they all kind of check out the other little stalls around us. Yeah, and uh, when like when we did our when we did our big draw, you should have seen how many people was on the other side of that camera this time. Like our our raffle thing has gotten quite big. Dang, it, well, that thing's super win. fun. So we. Oh, <laughs> well, sorry, brother. Get, oh, get well, this, the guy that did win, he was like... Sorry, go ahead. Oh, pardon? I was going to say, I just need to buy more tickets. Oh, I was going to say, the, the guy... <laughs> 
No, well, there you go, that too. But uh, I was going to say, the guy that won, he didn't even want to buy a ticket, and it was his girlfriend. And she's like, fine, like, no, 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 I want you to put in on this. Like, I, I really feel something that you're going to win and everything. And he's like, oh, I've, never, I've never win crap. So so she bought the tickets. And then when I called, he's like, there's no way. And I'm like, yeah, dude, dude no, man, come on, I don't win nothing. And, and I'm like, your, your girlfriend got you the tickets. My, my girlfriend remembered. Whoa, that's awesome. So, <laughs> so that was, that was yeah. What, what was the prize? Oh, what? The prize was um, like a $630 uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi Episode 3 full replica um, pixelated saber. Nice. Wow. Yeah. Good score. Damn, yeah. This, guy's, this guy's girlfriend's got one up on him for the rest of his life now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Remember that time I won the saber and you told me not to enter? Well, well now, now I you have need to give ground. me something else. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Oh, that's that's exactly it. The poor guy's never going to live it down. <laughs> and Newfoundland's in April. There okay. we go. And it's our first one out there. So this will be a good one to talk about, actually. And okay. Newfoundland's, Newfoundlanders love hearing about themselves. Interesting. Okay. Those are newfies. Yeah. The only ones oh, yeah, man. Those newfies. Each other. <laughs> Awesome. <laughs> that's quite true <laughs> so what are the dates for those ones for the, for the Newfoundland uh, convention okay so for uh, it's called Sci-Fi on the Rock and those ones are April 19th 20th and 21st and so get this we're going to be flying out there on like the 16th or the 17th of April we're going to do the the expo on the 21st we're going to fly home on the 23rd sleep that night then get in the truck and we're driving straight to Calgary for the Calgary Fan Expo You're driving from Newfoundland to Calgary No we're going to we're going to fly oh. in from Newfoundland Can on the 22nd sleep for the night Oh yeah no way <laughs> no way man that that's like two week drive or <laughs> I was something gonna say, that's But insane. yeah we're going to sleep for about 8 hours and go Dang. This awesome. is it's gonna, yeah. Thank you. And and literally, so so right from Calgary, we're gonna drive to Banff, spend two nights, and then go right to Prince George for the Northern FanCon. Man. So it's it's a, this is a long long year this year. Yeah, you guys be busy, but yeah. you're gonna get a lot of a lot of uh, time getting your name out there. So that's good too. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. And now get this, we even have a, a couple of conventions contacting us asking if we want to go to them now. Nice. So we're gonna be doing one on the island. Uh, yeah, and one in Lethbridge. Nice. Oh, cool. Hey. Right. All right. Episode one of season three is called Confined. And uh, right before we dive into the breakdown here, I'm just going to give a quick synopsis, as we normally do, doing these after shows, so people at home can follow along and just kind of recollect their memories on on uh, what happened in this particular episode. So, here we go. Following her capture, Omega becomes part of the Imperial Cloning Division against her will. One of her tasks consists of taking blood samples of clones alongside Emery Carr. However, Omega becomes suspicious when Emery also takes Omega's blood only for Nala Say to discard the sample in secret. She also evades the guards to speak with fellow Bad Batch member Crosshair, 
who vainly attempts to discourage Omega from escaping Mount Tantus. Omega also befriends a hound she names Batcher. When the Imperials decide to euthanize Batcher, Omega frees the hound, which escapes into the jungles of Wayland. Dr. Hemlock warns Omega that further defiance will result in consequences for Crosshair. And uh, that is the first episode of season three. Uh, what are the, your initial thoughts on, on this episode when you first watched it? Well, I will say the very first thing I noticed is because we just finished watching way too many episodes of Rebels. Mm. And so the first thing I noticed was, wow, this show has a really high budget. Yeah. <laughs> like just <laughs> across the board, like lighting, textures, the animation quality, the detailed models. Like I was, I, I hadn't noticed in the previous seasons and it's been a well while since I've seen them but since yeah. they came out. So if it's up to the same quality, like that went over my head. There's, they definitely put a lot of money into this. Yeah. And the next thing kind of right in line with that is I really felt like at least this season, maybe going back, I'm not entirely sure from memory, is a way higher audience that they're going for. Everything was a lot more serious in tone. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. To, like Rebels and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think, well, making that comparison between Rebels and Clone Wars was all right. It was still like, you know, it was always, Rebels has always been a step down in terms of like targeted age. Yeah. Right. Even Clone Wars, was still targeting your kind of preteens. Yeah. Well, this, I felt like this was not trying to get preteens or even teens to watch it. I think they're trying to get the original Clone Wars audience to watch it. Yeah. So it's more yeah. of a young adult, even like, yeah, like, like 20 year olds. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Yeah. A, l- a little, a little more gritty instead of that, uh, the announcer voice in the beginning. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. War! <laughs> <laughs> On the top of Mount Tantus That's is right. a hidden bad batter. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. That was a lot of fun. That like fifties kind of thing. Yeah, uh, like forties, I guess. Sorry, like World War Two. Yeah. Yeah, it's something um, something I really liked about the the first episode here was just the tone. Um, I don't know about you guys, but uh, I know I, I mean I don't want to make a direct comparison to to anything like quite like Andor, but I yeah, because that was on a different level. Yeah, hundred percent. It was very similar to that it in was. the sense that like the tone of this repetitive prisoner in a cell sort of idea kind of got translated and, into the animated show, and they both had very Blade Runnery vibes. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Yeah, what did you think about that, Kirk? I th- I was literally going to make the same comparison there i thought it was quite similar to andor yeah 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 i i I really liked that that whole uh that creative choice and uh uh you got it you got on your notes as well my note also says almost like andor (laughs) (laughs) nice yeah and you know something i also really liked was the redeveloping character of crosshair i feel like this has definitely been the most colorful character out of the whole batch mm-hmm. you know in terms of like what this character's been through how this character's grown and changed and changed again and i think the most bland character other than tech was probably wrecker only yeah. because he's just sort of the he's just simple the gung-ho yeah. like funny strong guy, strong guy. Mm-hmm. yeah who's sort of witty well, and- he's the comedic relief guy yeah you know, like the, the tanky comedic relief totally totally there's yeah. always one big guy in the back that's always cracking jokes yeah absolutely right. yeah for sure and 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 this episode really well i mean this episode and i know kyle you've watched maybe a few minutes of the second one but um, you know, it's like this episode and the next really gave me this idea of like, wow, the bat, the batch is really like broken now. Like there's not oh, really, yeah. not really a whole lot. I, I, okay. I was going to say crosshair, like it, it's so sad that he's just given up and I'm glad that Omega's like, you know, like, no, 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 no. Like I'm not, I'm not letting you. And I think that that's going to be the thing that's going to pull them all back together mm-hmm. for, you know, whatever's going to happen in the end. Totally. You know what I mean? It's going to be Omega. That's going to be the real thing that did actually keep them together through the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. 
um, I I also found uh, just the, the the plot line of having Omega back with Nala say trying to hide something about Omega again. This is where it's interesting for me. Mm-hmm. Well, it, from the beginning, I mean, we've been wondering like, what's the deal with Omega? Why was she made? We yeah. never see any female clones in the entire movies, right? To right. The prequels. All of a sudden, there's this one female clone, and we find out there's a set at least two. Yeah, because the woman who she's working with, not Nala say, but the other woman, Emery. She's also a female clone. Yeah. She and revealed that in the season two finale. Is that okay? Because I couldn't remember if that was a new reveal or not. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, the most recent. So one. how many Lady Jangles are out there? Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? I mean, Emery, Emery Carr is one of them. Omega is another. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's possible that Omega, Omega is, uh, you know, maybe the first and Emery is maybe like another one, you know? No, we think Emery will be first because she's older, right? Well, but sorry, but Omega doesn't have the... That's right. She doesn't have the... Increased aging. That's, that's right. right. Yeah. That. She's basically unmodified, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and they, she actually answers to that. Um, quotes here. So she basically says like she was sent away and then she was requested by another, I, I assume it was a, a Kaminoan mm. to be their apprentice. Same as what happened to Omega with Nala. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So uh, this episode was very, um, it was, it, yeah, it was very almost uh, captivating to watch, you know, and, and this is a kid, right? Like I can't imagine uh, having, I don't know how old Omega is supposed to be, but can you imagine a kid in prison? Like That's basically what this the, episode the, was. What I saw was like straight grooming. You know what? Like, oh, we got to take away your toy and everything. You know what I mean? Like, you can't have any of this. It's going to cause emotion. But you're not in prison. Right. But we got to take this away from you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. It was like, oh yeah, you're you're free, but you know, not free to leave. Um. Right. Yeah, it's like how you yeah. train a child then, soldier, right? You would like force them to live in a, yeah. a very strict routine. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, if if I was Omega, you know, if I was Omega, right, right when right when she got caught letting that 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 animal go, I would have turned around and been like, well, I cared for it, so you said I had to let that shit go. Yeah, <laughs> you know? like, that's how I would have put that. exactly got you on that one (laughs) batcher yeah um Um, all right. Yeah. Well, uh, who's any, anyone got anything else to add to this? Was it Batcher because it was bad. So they were a bad Batcher. I think it's Batcher named after the bad batch. That's what I'm wondering. Yeah. Which is hilarious. At first with her accent, I thought she was saying badger. <laughs> badger. It's like, man, I guess that's, that's I guess that's a really ugly looking badger. Like <laughs> <laughs> that was Batcher. <laughs> I think this episode, this episode, I know Kyle hasn't seen that the other couple that have come out afterwards, but this episode works a lot better as like, all of them combined into yeah. one, but I guess they just had to release them in three separate episodes. Yeah, yeah. this one was, was significant. Oh, great. Okay, well, I'm, I'm 10 minutes into the second one. <laughs> oh, there you go. There you go. I'm, I'm, yeah, 10, 10 minutes in. I, I, I was mashing it because I was about, I had about two or three episodes left before uh, the end of the last season, so I made sure I mashed those. So when you talked about the uh, the animation, no, the animation was definitely not, every, every season it got better. <laughs> so yeah. so the third season, the animation's way better. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. always impressive. Every every season that goes by, they just continually just get tighter, better. Tighter. Yeah. yeah, definitely. So, yeah, yeah. So I'm uh, trying to figure out the location of this science lab because it's like the mountain that's been kind of cut in half, right? Yeah, well, it's... So, um, no, it's not the... Yeah, yeah, the mountain. Yeah, the mountain's cut. In, it's, it's got like a slit inside of it and then mm-hmm. it's like basically a volcano because the middle is like a, a cavern, right? Oh, right. Yeah. Is this... Because I know the... Like, is this not where we were last season? The same lab? Yep. Uh, yeah, so... Because I thought the... The base, last season they, they were there. It, right? Because they had all the... Yeah. The, commandos. Yeah. They, they snuck in and they saved Gregor, I think. 
Okay. And uh, that was that was a like midway through season two, mm-hmm. but where tech died and where um, that was that was on Edu or I think right or not Edu maybe Iriadu or Iriadu. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, I always get the two mixed up. Yeah, Tarkin's homeland. <laughs> At Edo, the restaurant. <laughs> right, Tarkin's homeland. And then after that loss, they go back. Um, that is Wrecker, Hunter, Omega. They go back to Sid's parlor mm-hmm. or whatever. Sid's, you know, and then Sid. It turns out she had betrayed the Bad Batch, and right. then uh, Hawkland or Lockland or whatever his <laughs> name is. I'm so great at this. Um, <laughs> he comes and. Uh, and uh, basically takes um, takes Omega, who decides to go back for her friends after they get split up or whatever. You're talking about Hemlock? And that Hemlock, yeah, I think maybe I don't know. <laughs> who knows? Who knows? And then uh, and then, anyway, she's taken to back to Tantis, and the the other two would have no idea where they where they would have taken her, right? Okay. So that's that's why when we pick up in the second episode, they're still looking for her after all this time. They have no clue that 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 but would she be the went place back to the same spot. Yeah. Okay, because I was wondering that. Because I thought we were going to lead into them trying to break in to save her, but they don't have an idea where she is. So we're yeah. going to get too far into that yet because that's episode two, but yeah. still. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. So it is the same place. I wasn't yeah. sure. I found that very confusing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good to know. Well, uh, fellas, if are you if you guys are about to talk about episode two, I'm I'm going to bow out. Oh, yeah. Because well, I can finish it. I've yeah. Got, well, I've got a couple more. <laughs> okay. All right. Go for it. Okay. Okay. So I'm curious, especially because like I want to know Kyle's take on this because he hasn't seen the other two yet. What do you guys think is going on with the the blood? Because I found it well, weird. Mm. Sorry, go ahead, Kyle. Well, I, I I was gonna say like I did find it weird that she took the one set of blood from from Omega and hid it, but. I think what they're probably trying to do is, you know, genetic altercations, trying to look for uh, that thing that that makes the emperor live for so freaking long or something. You know, they're, they're probably in the starting processes of that or something. Yeah, no, that's a good assumption. Yeah, I'm feeling the same direction. But what I'm re- like, what really threw me off though is because whenever they show the the screen of the blood sample, it's always a different clone, right? So like they're searching through the clones. Mm-hmm. So does that mean they're going through like every single clone, like yep. millions of them? Yep. And then why, if so, why would you need to take Omega's blood every day? I I want to talk about. Well, that's the thing. Is like, could, I yeah. What's up I with that? I, right? I had it's that weird. feeling as well. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. That that is a bit of a strange uh, thing. I I don't know. That one that yeah. just that seemed like a big plot hole to me. But yeah. Well, let, let's okay. In real life, if somebody's going to take a vial of your blood every single day, your your body's not going to reproduce that vial every single day. So so <laughs> you know maybe they're like breaking her down, making her weak or something. Like I mean yeah. that'd be like real life. It's not Star Wars, but. Yeah, I don't know why they take it every day for genetic stuff. I have some more speculation about this blood thing, but I, I don't want to say it Should in this. Later? I want to wait okay. till the third episode. Yeah. Okay. I wrote it down here. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, so okay. <laughs> All right. Let's do Pablo points and Pudus, shall we? Oh, there's one last thing that we probably could brought up last season. So I was, I'll start off by saying I was wrong because originally the voice of Hemlock, I thought was Sam Witwer, but it wasn't. It sounded very similar to him. But if you notice, his costume looks like Starkiller. The original Starkiller costume with the metal plates over the shoulder. Hmm. Yeah. I never clued into that. Mm-hmm. Coincidence? I don't know. <laughs> I, think <laughs> I think not. I think you're reaching far with that one. <laughs> yeah, I'm just desperate to have Starkiller back. I just thought that was maybe like a neat little nod. Maybe it's a complete coincidence. I have no idea. Yeah, yeah. Star, Star Killer's the astronomer's Pluto. <laughs> yeah, we called it a planet for a while, and then all of a sudden it's no longer a planet. But some of us were still like, it's still a fucking planet. That's right. <laughs> 
<laughs> all right, Kyle, be- before you sign out, Kyle, I got to get your Pablo points and poodoos. And uh, to remind all of our listeners, this is how the score system works. It's a scale of seven. Three Pablo poodoos is the worst of the worst of the worst. And then moving up from there, you got two Pablo poodoos, one Pablo poodoo, and then a Bendu. Bendu is like a 50% score. And then you got Pablo points. One Pablo point is like good. Two Pablo points is great. And three Pablo points is the best of the best of the best. So uh, what would you award this episode, my friend? I'd go about, I'd okay, I'd give it a two. I liked uh, liked the grittiness of it. I like the fact that you can see like Crosshair again, as you said, like dynamic as a character. But this is his like give up moment. But it's also, you know, Omega's time to be like, no, uh, you're not giving up and be a really good strength point. So for me, I, I the dynamics of the characters was was really good. I did. I like the animation. I really like the animation of Bad Batch. So, yeah, I, yeah, I give it a two. Sweet. All right. What about you, Kirk? Uh, I'm going to go with a one for now, just because I think the story works more as like a three episode thing. But yeah, one or two is, is somewhere in between there. <laughs> All right. Yeah, Blake. No, that's fair. I can see where Kirk's coming from. I th- I'm, I'm, I'm going to go a little higher. I think probably about a two, same as Kyle, because uh, this is specifically the kind of Star Wars I just really get into and really mm. enjoy it. Because it's kind of pasted a bit in the middle where you can you can try to make these connections, but you're still getting a really good quality product. Mm-hmm. And I know a huge issue with last season was felt like a lot of filler. Yeah. So this is like, this is, I agree that it works better as a three part, but this is still, to me, like a tier Bad Batch. Right. Even, i am just saying star- animation in general and then Star Wars yeah. animation. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I think I would go with one 1.5 myself i i really enjoyed this this episode the tone the pacing you know everything like that obviously it definitely works best when you pair it up with the following two episodes but mm-hmm. uh in context but yeah i mean as a standalone story i think solid you know north of good absolutely yeah uh, all right, Kyle, that's uh, that's the end for episode one. So we'll let you go and uh, finish the re- remaining two episodes. Uh, so have fun with uh, that. that is, as soon as I'm off, that's exactly what I'm going to do. But before I go, before I go, have, have you guys checked out um, Star Wars Heroes for your phone? I just got the Bad Batch group so that I can play with that group. It's it's fun. And if you guys ever get on it, we can make our own little Star Wars guild or whatever you want to call it. Are you talking and, about uh, Galactic yeah. Galactic Heroes, like the the mobile game or Galaxy of Heroes? Is that I think that's what it's called. I just got yeah, it's from EA. Oh yeah, yeah, and Star Wars Galaxy uh, of Heroes. I got that one. It's yeah. I just got the entire Bad Batch crew. So oh, <laughs> nice. yeah, I just finished it. Get the Bad Batch crew. Yeah. Oh, maybe, maybe so I'll, yeah. Anyway, fellas, I'll give it a whirl. <laughs> Sounds fun. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, you guys have a good one. I'm going to finish off the rest of these two shows. And yeah, well, if you if you guys are saying, you know, it's everything's going to be good with all the three, and I'm already liking this first one. Yeah, this is going to be a good trilogy, tri- like triumphs. Right, so it's all uh, all downhill from here. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> Lots more Pabu's coming. All right, Kurt. <laughs> You'll enjoy it, man. Yeah. Oh, crap. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. All right. all right. See you, buddy. Thank you, guys. Cheers. Have a good one, everybody. All right. Bye. There we go. Took two exits. Out the airlock. He has no yeah. idea what's coming. That's right. <laughs> All right. Let's uh, let's get into episode two. Okay. Now we can really get into this blood thing. I'm really curious about this. You guys takes on it. Okay. After gaining intel from oh sorry this is uh, this episode this episode's episode two called Paths Unknown. 
Uh, all right, so, but, uh, let's see. After gaining intel from the Durand family, Hunter and Wrecker travel to an unknown planet with an abandoned Imperial cloning facility Hemlock was in charge of. The pair runs into Mox, Zeke, and Stack, clone cadets that were held prisoner by Hemlock before managing to escape as the Empire destroyed the facility. Zeke helps Hunter and Wrecker enter the facility while evading Slithervines, an experiment gone awry by the Empire. Meanwhile, Mox and Stack manage to find the Marauder, uh, while Zeke is gathering intel, the trio are attacked by the Slithervines, which are revealed to be a huge monster. Mox and Stack are able to extract the three before defeating the Slithervines with explosives. Hunter then promises to take care, uh, take the cadets to Pabu, the ill-famed Pabu. Oh no! my goodness. Well, we had a surprise Sorry. guest appearance on Pabu, which yeah, I'll talk yeah. about in a moment. <laughs> what? I know, oh. I know. Secret, it's, it's secret return of a character we haven't seen since Revenge of the Sith. We yeah. had, we had, we had sumo wrestler Mace Windu. Yes, oh yes. My goodness. Yeah, sumo. <laughs> sumo. <laughs> so what if we? Won? I actually, I thought, like that guy came up on screen, and I genuinely thought, wait, is that Mace Windu? Like these, the, the Clone Wars animation, like look of him looks so similar. Wait, what? what? Which guy? Which guy is this? Guys this? In, the, in the opening. You know, when they went back to Pabu, like on, on Pabu, there was a guy that looked exactly like, they were ch- chatting to him. Oh, looked, he looked exactly oh, like oh. Dude, man, it's been so long since I've seen that episode and I've like completely put it out of my head because it was so bad. That it. I can't even remember this, but I'll take your word no, for it. Was it. All, it was all, I'm pretty sure, I, th- I think it was on this episode. I, I swear it was, on, okay, <laughs> it was on this episode. I didn't see I didn't see Pabu in this episode unless I looked down at my phone or something like that while it was on screen. But uh, who knows? Babu. I don't. Yeah, do we see? Oh, no, we didn't no, see Babu in this episode. episode. I don't think so. Previous episode. Maybe I'm maybe I'm tripping. I, I can't remember. Anyway, we'll continue. Babu, <laughs> <laughs> have you just been watching the wrong season? Uh, Kirk, I think we all deal with the PTSD of Babu differently, and you know it's okay if you start seeing things. <laughs> <laughs> I promised. I saw it. It was real. The ghosts, Babu. Oh man, yeah. So um, yeah, I love how Hunter is just like kids. I know a safe place where tsunamis can't kill you. <laughs> I'm sure you can swim. Yeah. So okay, um, get back to this episode. So this was a new crime syndicate that are all Davronians. No, so not an. Well, I don't think it's a new syndicate. Like the Davronians have been around for a long time, but at right, the same but time, that's, that wasn't a syndicate. That's no, it, it's like species. when this character was first introduced in season one. I think it was like this this specific Davronian guy with the chopped off horn. Right, mm-hmm. uh, he was introduced a while ago. I think it was season two or season one. It was one of the two seasons. And uh, that particular guy, I think at one point it was like revealed that he had like his own sort of family crime syndicate and thing. Ma- mafia or whatever. Yeah, mm-hmm. something like that. So, um, yeah, I, I, you know, it's it's cool that we got to like see that. Mm-hmm. And I recently thought of um, when we saw the inner chambers of that, like the design of that, um, that throne room with the laser floor and like mm-hmm. the execution button. It was yeah, very yeah. reminiscent of like the Jabba's palace trap oh, okay. trap in I'll- the in the in the floor right but yeah, that's but better even, than i was gonna say but even better right because Mr. Burns like, office it, it means like 
any because like Java's thing, like people walk up to Java and like they don't know that they can just fall into a cave with a rancor, right? right? But these people, anytime they have to speak to the head honcho of this family crime syndicate, they are standing on standing on fate's you know door yeah. kind of thing. And they right? don't get an option; they have to. Yeah, and they don't they they don't have an option, right? So so I loved that idea. I love that like okay, you're coming to me with something. You better be prepared to put up with mm-hmm. my anger and my wrath, right? Like, and I just love that whole like you know just the fear of like you know say like say if you work at like a really intense environment place and like you're just afraid of your boss mm-hmm. or whatever. It just kind of put that in like a physical you know. Yeah, like represent yeah, like visually yeah, yeah visually just representative right there of like this is the fear of approaching like the head honcho boss and i'm sure like all the employees working for this person have to do the same thing like they all got yeah that's why like yeah the first person they show is they're killing the captain and the guard or whatever yeah yeah furthermore the other button which was like the bridge that connects that platform to the the main like area yeah that was a really good like extra bit as well because i was like oh that's cool like every time there's like there's like one or the other gets used maybe yeah right what if it was your first day on the job and you got them mixed up? That would suck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, mom. Thanks for visiting. Come here. No! <laughs> oh, jeez. Um, I was wondering because at first I I thought the, the woman, the queen, the head of the syndicate, whatever she goes by. At first I thought she was wearing some sort of crown. But I realized that I think she that's just the, the female model for Daveronian. They have different horns. Is that right? Is that what you noticed? Uh, I th- It's possible she was wearing something. Well, like over her, top? Over her top horns, of her they horns? came more from the front. And then look, look, oh. it looks more like... Um, yeah, 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 for sure. What's her name? It's from Disney. Right. Maleficent or Maleficent, something? yeah, thank yeah. you. She looked the, more like that. Yeah. Instead of the... Yeah, the, you're right. Satan-y looking male model. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, 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 I like that as well. It was a cool design. It was. I really liked that a lot. Because we've only seen male Divronians before. I think before. so. I was trying to think if they've ever released with the the female. I don't think we've seen one before. So yeah, it was very cool. To, yeah, to I, I liked it. It was a really good design. Yeah, yeah. And then I liked the uh, the the like the spire of the room, like how all of the um, what do you call it, like a royal like the party, you know, like the people that hang out around the the co- like a court, you know, mm-hmm. like okay. a, like a king's court. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So like her court was all kind of like in this tower right like with booths that kind of overlooked the uh very maleficent very well very uh well recently i don't know about you like i've, I've recently been watching halo and okay. uh there was recently like this location where like this giant um this giant room full of like various pirates and stuff like the pirate lords all kind of gather and get together and they all sort of have a similar structure where like they each have like a like a box, you know, like at a sports arena, they all have mm-hmm. like a box. A private box, yeah. Yeah, and they all have this thing that overlooks like a stadium and uh, they they question people in there. They get them to fight to the death kind of thing and various other like, you know, crazy things. And uh, I just, it reminded me of that. And I was like, oh, that's so cool. It's just like this very intimidating environment for somebody who doesn't belong there <laughs> to walk in, not only standing on like a death floor, but looking yeah. up and seeing all these criminals just you, looking down at you. You know what I thought it reminded me of? of that room and kind of the layout with the, her throne being high up. Cusco's palace. Boom, baby. That's right. Yeah. Cronk. <laughs> <laughs> That's the guy who fell. 
So good. Um, yeah, this episode was kind of cool. I liked seeing the role of Hunter and Wrecker take on as like basically bounty hunters, like slinging in that one pike guy. Yeah, but that was cool. They didn't go by that, even though they technically were bounty hunters. They right. called themselves just mercenaries. Yeah, they call themselves mercenaries, but like it was evident. It was like okay, that was, I guess that was a bounty. Probably because like, they're not officially in the bounty right. hunter guild. That's true. That's true. So they, they just took the job, right? But yeah. you know, I I thought that was a cool kind of we never seen them in that desperate position before. You know, taking on bounties for information. Mm-hmm. That was cool. Yeah. Yeah, um, the Bad Batch is really at their lowest point here, I, I find. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah, very broken, um, very desperate. And I will I will clarify what I was saying before because <laughs> I was, before I watched this season, actually between episode one and two, just before I started watching episode two, I was like, oh, I can't remember everything. So I watched a bunch of recaps on, uh, oh, <laughs> on, uh, on the Bad Batch. And then, that, and then that guy specifically reminded me of season two. And that's why I thought they took the guys back to Pabu to deliver them. <laughs> but that's not what happened. You know what? You know what's funny about... Pabu took a dark turn. <laughs> turned a giant volcano. <laughs> so this episode, we had three uh, kid clones show up. You know, younger guys. Cadets. Uh, cadets, yeah. And we've seen cl- cadets in, in the Clone Wars series. We've all seen a young Boba Fett as well, which was voiced by Daniel Logan. And I got to ask, because right when we went right when the first two showed up immediately, I was like, I don't hear Daniel Logan. And then when the third guy showed up, I was like, that's Daniel. Yeah, Logan. I noticed it, too. Did you notice that? Yeah, I'm like, I'm like, wow, it sounds just like Daniel Logan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, like, it's like the, the one guy. So, so, Kirk, Daniel Logan's the guy who plays young Boba Fett in, in Attack of the Clones. And uh, when, that's right. So he voices young Boba Fett in the Clone Wars animated show, and it, and I've I've seen that show so many times that now I can like pick his voice out of like the group of young clone cadets. Okay. And so like when the first two showed up, I was listening. I was like, neither of these guys sound like Daniel Logan, but I wonder if that's intentional. And then it sure enough was because that you know the actual like Daniel Logan shows up as like their leader guy, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, that's him. But there. That's funny. How they they have different voice actors for what is essentially is the same person. Well, in Clone Wars, I think Daniel Logan did all of them. And that's and what he I just thought. did variations, but yeah. Okay, because I thought that was the case because I just didn't notice the like the clone voice, and all of a sudden I'm like, oh, it's the same guy. And then yeah. I just didn't notice that the other two weren't him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, I think it was a wise decision almost to to do it, only because uh, maybe they wanted to paint this picture of like as they grow older, they do in fact sort of you know become a little more different than each other. Maybe I don't know. Like I feel like they go through puberty the same. Yeah. Who who knows? Right. Like unless like one's taken a bunch of like steroids or something yeah or they're maybe they're not the same age at all maybe like they're all slightly different ages could be so but i i I liked the fact that they all played by different people because it means that and like d bradley baker can do it because he's been doing it for for eons playing all the roles himself and talking to himself and different people right (laughs) yeah but i mean someone like daniel logan might not be so used to that right so it's nice that they got other people to be in the room with him oh maybe that's why it could be it because someone yeah talk lines back and forth right well because they record the episodes like they do with radio like they have like an audio book or something like they have all the people like a like a live radio show like they have all the people in the one room Mm -hmm. and they all feed off each other right and i believe d badly breaker but baker excuse me plays all of the roles simultaneously yes he does which is crazy exactly so he's talking to himself yeah man for this show he's just talking to himself for 25 minutes straight he's just (laughs) he's he's the star of this show like 100 100 yeah 
I was actually sad to find out uh, one of the credits I was looking. Actually, so I noticed instead of giving him individual uh, like credits, it just says clones and then it's his name so they didn't give him like all the bad batch characters and then all the side clones because it would look ridiculous it would just be like yeah just be like 50 names that are all just <laughs> him which i think would be hilarious commander cody captain rex yes. wrecker <laughs> just all of them yeah all of them all of them. um what do you guys think of this monster creature they basically just uh stole grave mine from halo <laughs> Grave mine from Halo. Okay, yeah, Kirk, what did you think of this one? Yeah, uh, just another forgettable monster for me. I couldn't really see as much just because of the, the the whole episode was quite dark, it like was quite dimly lit. But oh. yeah, yeah, it kind of kind of reminded me of that. Um, nothing. I know we're never going to see it again, so it kind of just flashed my mind. <laughs> I, I I thought it was very uh, it was very reminiscent of the Pirates of the Caribbean Kraken. Uh, I Is thought it, it was very cool. well, Sarlacky. Is that what you mean? Well, well, yeah, Sar- that's Sar- what I was about to say. Like. It did kind of look Sarlacc-y. Yeah, it did look Sarlacc-y for sure. But at, like at the same time, like the the mouth and everything with all those teeth, mm-hmm. uh, like it was very like if you look up Kraken from Pirates of the Caribbean three or mm-hmm. t- sorry two, whichever one, yeah two, uh, it'll it 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 will be like almost I- identical. Like all you know of what the- else has that mouth? Rathars. <laughs> the Rathar. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's uh, right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You got yeah. it. The Wrath Tars, yeah. I'm proud of myself. Yeah, I was just thinking of them. Like, what what moves like that? And then, yeah, I just I just remember we only saw the Wrath Tars in episode seven, didn't we? That's in r- the films, they came yeah. up in yeah in the films, yeah. And they've come up one other time, I think too. Was it the, were they, the books? Can't remember. No, I think were they in Bad Batch at any point? Maybe I know they've came yeah. up more than they should. They've have. been in some books. They've been in some books. The point well, where they've yeah. seemed weirdly common. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, no, I like this creature is kind of cool. Like I thought at first it was going to be kind of cheesy, like mm. having another monster episode, but and how they, they kind of stole the, the vines thing. From yeah. Last of us. Or, or maybe I, was, I was thinking of Drengear, high Republic stuff. Like I was thinking like, Oh, maybe this has something to do with like the plants, you know, from the monster plants. But it ended up being kind of more interesting that it wasn't a plant at all. It was just like super long tentacles that this thing had. I thought it was pretty cool. Uh, it's a cool idea. My how I would explain it. It is a Sarlacc mixed together with Gravemind because it, it kind of has that the centerpiece, same as Gravemind or the Sarlacc, but modeled after the Sarlacc. But the tentacles have been replaced with these vines that grow out and it's very Gravemind slash flood-like where if you cut it off and they turn into the little popcorn flood that tried to right. affect you. Yeah, and those little things were basically like alien facehugger aliens. Like those, yeah, there were some if you that. cut off a vine piece, it transforms into this like... Let's combine all of the sci-fi monster aliens in <laughs> one thing. <laughs> I would love to be in that meeting, you know, like just to like hear what everyone has to say about like making like the best monster possible for mm-hmm. like, you know, this that being, I actually, I genuinely think it was a cool idea. Yeah. Yeah. It makes yeah, a sweet. really good like horror setting. Yeah. That aside though, like there really wasn't a crazy amount of substance this episode other than saving three more clones and putting them on Pabu. <laughs> yeah. I do want to know more about the clone cadets. It got me wondering about them just in general, because af- after... Revenge of the Sith. We don't really know anything about what happened to them. Did they just get dumped? Did they... Well, that's what the first two seasons of the show was about. Was, was not like the, the clones, but not the cadets specifically. Because the cadets would be significantly less useful to the Empire than full soldiers. Yeah. Oh, well, I think I think that's why, like, even more so, like, the cadets just, you know, instead of becoming troops, they just stay at the base and they get transformed from... Or they get transported from testing facility to testing facility, like, all Hemlock's experimental places. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what that one kid was saying. Like, oh, it's like... 
like, oh yeah, we were just, they took our blood and we were just basically you know, doing nothing. Yeah. Ma'am. And then they bombarded the place, right? And they buried I was going to, uh, I was going to say in the, in the first part, but it wasn't sure if it was episode one or two. Um, when, um, when Batcher was, I think, or maybe it was episode three. It's all blurred together. But when he was set free, the yes. the animal, the first one, um, yeah, that, yeah, yeah, that that security system at that very type. It's just a tunnel that goes outside. Like yeah, it's just it's just this small tunnel that goes outside. So if you if you just go out of that, there's like uh, they had I think and I won't say it yet, but they had a little bit more of a security measure that they showed in the next episode. But it's just a really long tunnel. And I gotta why does that, that even why does that even exist? I, I got br- like, to. Why does that it even exist? Like, isn't that a cage? I'll bring that up in the third one it's there. so odd because yeah i do have something to say about that that was that's a funny uh funny thing uh okay Pablo points of poodoo for this one i'm gonna award it a one yeah i mean the driving force of this one was definitely that the monster was cool at least for me yeah i'll give it one and a half just solely based on that and i was curious about the cadets and stuff that was a cool you know light shined on something i hadn't thought about before right yeah, what about you, Kirk? Uh, I'm going to give this one a Bendu. Actually, I'm going to go right in the middle. I don't, I don't think there was much, uh, much here that that got me super, uh, super interested. But there was just a little point. It, it, again, if this was like a one giant episode, uh, I, I think it make a bit more sense. But uh, yeah, there was nothing, nothing too good, nothing too bad in this episode for me. Fair enough. Yeah, that's fair. Kind of a, a side note uh, that this this episode got me thinking about. I don't think current canon Star Wars. Correct me if I'm wrong has talked about the fact or like approached the clones from the perspective that during the war and this is almost immediately after so I'm going to group it in with the fact that they're essentially like 10 to 12 year old boys or kids yeah well they, they've talked about that the, in the, the clone clones? wars a like few mentally. times did, did they like they actually talk about specifically the fact that they are even though they're hardened soldiers and they appear to be grown grown adults that they're actually would have the mental capacity of a I don't, kid. I don't think they've dived deep into that yeah I know in like maybe one of the books i do recollect karen travis's novels yeah commander novels talked about that quite a bit and i think it mostly came up because one of them had a relationship with the jedi and Mm -hmm. she it was from her perspective that she was noticing this and she kept forgetting that that was the case because it's so right you're talking to someone who looks like they're 26 you're not going to think oh they're actually 13 right yeah but i always thought that was such an interesting narrative point and it hasn't been touched um like story-wise integrated very well or talked about it would be nice if they talked about that i think in 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 this show this show is probably the best avenue to do that it is now that clone wars is yeah done quotations yeah for sure but also clone wars didn't have the time to do that necessarily whereas we're talking about that like six seasons yeah but every every single one of them felt like it was just like telling another there is enough time there another crucial story of the war and like i'm sure there's a lot of fluff episodes where they could have gotten to it but um but no i like bad batch though like we've gotten to know these clones almost better than any other clone other than rex right and so like i feel like this is the show that it could it could happen or could have happened so far Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, but yeah, I mean, like, man, because just think about the fact that those cadets that you know, they're doing, you know, they're training to be soldiers or whatever. They look to be ten, twelve, but they're probably only like five or six. I, th- I think what really put into perspective for me was in the first season of the Bad Batch, Omega says to to Crosshair and Hunter, I think that She's that she was them. there when they were born, yeah, and that she is what like basically watched them grow up, yeah, right. And that to me put it into perspective because I always look at Omega as the little kid, right, but. 
in actual fact, she's just a, a non-battle hardened regular human being, right? Whereas like the others, like just thrown into war kind of thing, mm-hmm. born for what they do, right? And uh, you know, they that's all they know. So so they they've become quite mature, right? But to Omega, who's been in a lab her whole life, she also doesn't know what it's like to be a kid because when she meets Hera for the first time, she's like, "Oh, what's this? It's like a toy. Like oh, like you can do stuff with your life. Like I, you know, like you want to be a pilot. Oh, that's cool. Like and she's never really given thought to the idea of like living free because the only other time she's had to live is on the run, right? right? And so like I that's you. I think that's where it kind of came full circle to me of like oh yeah, like you know these guys are so like young and still you know like their life is very regimented their life is yeah. so um yeah so um yeah uh i guess short still right like yeah, the, too. yeah and omega's or, or been through so much and mm-hmm. she's being perceived as the kid when in actual fact she's you know, so seeing her in the prison and stuff is like, dang, this sounds like deep stuff there. But um, all right, let's move on to episode three, shall we? Let's do it. Shadows of Tantis. Before <laughs> Emperor Palpatine's arrival at Mount Tantis, Nala Se warns Omega that she must escape the facility. After Emery takes a sample of Omega's blood, Nala Se urges Omega to steal a shuttle and escape or else her life will be in danger and provides her her data pad for access to the facility. Uh, more like she suggests for her to steal it. Uh, Palpatine arrives to learn about the progress of Project Necromancer. Omega fails to destroy the blood sample, but manages to free Crosshair. Upon learning that all shuttles are grounded because of Palpatine's visit, Omega and Crosshair escape through the Lurka kennel chutes. Emery attempts to stop them, but is stunned by Crosshair inadvertently triggering an alarm. After neutralizing the search team, Crosshair and Omega steal the shuttle, or a shuttle, but end up being pursued. But after learning from Emery that Omega's blood has a high M count, Hemlock calls off the pursuit. Uh, and uh, big, two big things being name dropped here. M count being midi-chlorians, midi-chlorian count, as well as Project Necromancer. Which we've heard before, right? Project Necromancer, we can start with that. So Project Mech, and then we'll move on to the Lurka kennel, kennel shoots, Kirk, because uh, I have something to say about that. <laughs> Uh, project Wait, the, 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 which one? The, the, the Lurka that. kennel shoots, like the doggy the, door, the doggy doors. That oh, that's, yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, so, Project Necromancer was last brought up in season three of The Mandalorian. Okay. Uh, this is the this is the the episode uh, called um, Shadow Council or the Shadow Council, and I love that this is being brought up because we've always suspected that Project Necromancer had something to do with. <laughs> Moff Gideon's clones of himself, you know, in that season finale. Uh, so assuming that he used the research of Project Necromancer for his own gain, uh, it means that Project Necromancer was always dedicated to cloning, right? And the fact that Palpatine is showing up to Mount Tantis to check on his Project Necromancer is very highly, I guess, suspected to be his contingency plan for cloning himself. For Rise of Skywalker. For Rise of Skywalker. I yeah. mean, the name makes sense because Necromancer, no necromancy which right. is raising the dead yeah yeah so you know what this just makes me realize more that freaking palpatine spent 50 to almost 100 years <laughs> doing this plan only to get dusted by ray in like two minutes yeah <laughs> He didn't know who he was messing with. His own granddaughter, apparently. Jeez. So granddaughter. Because I, uh, yeah, I, I, I was wondering the whole time. Because like we see he they they go to check on the project and go down that creepy corridor with all the, the, the what do they call the ray shields? All oh, the laser the <laughs> yeah. laser gates. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> like, uh, and they, they get to it and there's all these tube capsule things. They open up. You don't see it. Just a bright light that comes out. And it got me thinking, is that Ray's dad? 
So yeah, there's a really good, um, a good assuming that because there's no way that Palpatine would make clones with growth or age aging enhancements intentionally, right? The only way that he would have clones that would accelerate in age is because they're aging and decaying. You know, the the, the process isn't working, right? And in episode nine, that's part of the problem. It's like he can't sustain his himself in a cloned body very long before needing to transfer over to another body. Mm-hmm. However, that works, right? So that's why his whole like plan of, you know, using Rey as a vessel instead is supposed to supposedly supposed to work because she has a genetic offspring of a failed clone of his that ended up turning out all right in in the sense that it was a successful human being that didn't die off right away, but the problem being is he didn't have enough em- enough midi-chlorians to be a worthy vessel, mm-hmm. right? So, uh, I think uh we read the the Shadows of the Sith book. Is that what it's called? With Luke and Lando and Ray's parents? I believe so. I always get the names mixed up. Yeah, I'm pretty I sure it's, it's that one. Yeah, so... That sounds right. In that book, I think they revealed his name. Squib. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the, the, I was thinking the name. Yeah, so a non, Ray's... A, a non-Force user. Ray, yeah, Ray's dad is... His name is Ed Dathan. And like Nathan, except D. So Dathan. And um, there was a really good chance that because he looked like he was maybe 40 years old, like when in those flashback scenes, which is when Ray was a kid uh, or maybe in his mid 30s. But like those flashbacks happened when Ray was like a really young girl, which means that that was probably around 10 years or so after episode six. Right. Or 15 years after. It's basically when that when that book takes place. Right. Mm -hmm. So like 15 years, halfway between episode six and seven. I think there's a young ray in that book yeah there is yeah so so that means though that dathan is a likely like the science behind dathan's birth is already in progress at this point in time because the um, the time that's needed for him to be born grow up become the age we see him to be assuming there's no growth enhancements involved Mm -hmm. and then have him die in that flashback scene or whatever means that he should be born around now so this project project necromancer thing could in fact work out to being an origin story for Dathan and Palpatine's cloning sort of plant, right? That ends up getting moved to Exegol at some point in time. Um, yeah. I think I think this is a much better, even though I did trash a little bit before, I think this is a much better storyline compared to what we got in the Battlefront 2 campaign with the um, project. Uh, oh, no, I've, I've forgotten. Cinder? It was mentioned in Mandalorian as well. Was it Cinder? Um, yeah, Operation, yeah. Operation Cinder. Well, I think Operation Cinder was the attack on the uh, Imperial um, Yeah. Uh, planet uh but how yeah but but how this i think this compares better compared to uh how palpatine was put in that robot uh with the pre-recordings and everything that's just how i see it oh yeah at least yeah those like sentinel droids which had like his face in the in the the aftermath trilogy yeah yeah so like Yeah. yeah for sure but and like all this is supposed to be very secretive uh very very hidden so like not even people within the empire would know what project necromancer was all about um and uh you know that's definitely something to keep in mind and you know when we're watching shows like the mandalorian and like the shadow council like bringing up project necromancer like this is high high ranking officials that like only you know sort of maybe some of them know about the project but not maybe not all of them know what it is right, right? um stuff like that right mm. i'm kind of curious what palpatine's end goal is because the first thing i thought of when uh while watching this episode and trying to put the pieces together was it, it started to feel a bit like that uh 
the the Apple Apple Plus show. It was based on those novels. Which show was that? Man, what is it called? Uh, Foundation. Thank you. Ah. That's the one. Yeah, it seems like the the Emperor from Foundation, where is he just keeps he's a clone of himself. Yeah, and they just keep cycling through. But maybe Palpatine would move his consciousness between them. Only I can live forever. That's right. <laughs> Harry Potter. Sorry, I thought I thought were you doing a Voldemort impression there? Yeah, yeah, you got it. Okay, good. I didn't know who it was. It's always the big baddie wants to live forever. That's you right. know what I mean? They would never want to die because they're that selfish. Yeah, it's never it's never some schmo on the street that wants to live forever. They want to like get well, out of there in ten years time, but the baddie want the too. baddies want to live. They just don't yeah. have the means. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the other thing that was brought up is uh, midi-chlorine count. So midi M, M count, they're shortening it to M count. Um, and uh, I just thought that this was a really wise decision to put this in the show because it's a part of canon. It's a big part of why life exists in Star Wars. You know, without midi-chlorines, life would not exist. or whatever now, right? Yeah. And so naturally it would play a big part in cloning and even in a bigger part for cloning force user individuals. Wait, no, 99. Since so 99, yeah. 25 years. 25 years that's anniversary long... for m count <laughs> that's crazy yeah so I, I thought it was a really good idea and um you know more so hinting at the fact that palpatine is trying to find a blood concoction of some kind yeah. that would help him build a uh, vessel for himself mm-hmm. w- that has the m count genes to to support uh his power right right okay this is just dawning on me now because i was wondering about this and i never put it together so when they're doing the blood samples and the, the big wheel, the mm-hmm. wheel, wheel of blood, uh, there's some blood that kind of trickles down into each one. It's probably his blood. That's what I'm wondering. So do you think they're seeing if the like the donor blood will be accepted? Yeah, I think so. Interesting. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. I feel like they're trying to just see if they if the two blood types match or they're able to keep yeah. the have a stable or whatever yeah, science. If they're compatible. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. I also find it matches the pattern with him needing Ray, right? So like, so Ray is a girl, right? But all of his failed clones, which were all guys, you know, all males, like none of it worked. It almost like, almost like if you were to take a copy of something, copy it directly, it's never as good as the original version, right? Like it's like a file, like it constantly just gets like, you know, decompressed or mm-hmm. like compressed and compressed and compressed because it's the same code over and over again. Yeah. But she's not, she's not like any of the other clones because she's a girl, right? So well, her I code is different. I'm going to poke a hole in your plan. What about the lady doctor that's doing the blood samples? Why wouldn't her blood work then? Well, she's modified because she has genetic growth acceleration. Okay. But then also uh, there might be other things about her that are incompatible because because she's you know, a modified old. clone. Too old she is. Yeah. And, you know, it's like th- th- there's obviously got to be some magic match going on here. Like, you know, maybe she was a higher chance of it working out. Maybe. Maybe, maybe it didn't work out. Right. So like. Clearly Nala Say had an idea what was going on though. Yeah, she, for sure. I think she, she, she knew that Omega yeah. would be compatible. And this is kind of what makes me curious is like maybe she was trying to make Omega like a force capable clone, right? right. Like Initially. The, like the Lego show. I never watched that, but they yeah. Made a, they made a force sensitive clone. So like in with with Dathan, right? Like with Dathan being a failed clone of Palpatine, which is crazy to think that that's what Palpatine looked like when he was young. But um, he ends up going out having a kid after he's basically released into the wild, so to speak. And Palpatine's well, grand escapes, plan. But- 
Palpatine has the knowledge that this guy would be able to produce a vessel that would be worthy, right? So he, Palpatine already knows something when he has Dathan and decides to release him into the galaxy and then have him followed. I, I feel like that was a happy coincidence because I don't think Palpatine would have expected that or else he would just set, sent. Well, otherwise he wouldn't have known, right? Like if, if they just let him go and because I think in the book it revealed that like they more or less let him go. Mm -hmm. But if they just let him go literally just didn't care and he ends up having a kid like Palpatine would never know about that right? right so like he knows that Rey exists like he knows through the whole and this is the stupid story that I always find kind of ridiculous to believe that Palpatine knows that Rey is around and is a thing the entire trilogy right but that's sort of the, the, the whole grand plan, I guess, is that like... He... See, I have a hard time believing that part because if it's a grand plan, why didn't he just use uh, Dathan's DNA and use a lady's DNA and just make a tube baby? Or... Right. Well, okay, yeah. So bring women in that's to a, be impregnated. And that is a episode nine debate, an issue that I like... I mean, obviously... I mean, he's I'm, the emperor. He that's a, a really pull. good point though, right? Like, like, that's a really good point. There's a lot of like things I could throw at that and go like, well, this would have been a better idea, but like, I, I think the only explanation is he didn't know. And then it, he figured it out once it took place. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe he hadn't followed and then realized like, oh, and that's why they, and... cause like the, he was hunting Ray and that's when they hit her. Yeah. So I feel like that's likely the point where he figured it out. Maybe. Um, but yeah, I find there, there is something, something there that is pattern like with the fact that like, it's now Omega is also like a key to, to his, uh, to his, uh, continuous lifespan. Right. So, uh, it seems like he's consistently reliant upon something other than clones of himself, uh, to, to stay alive. And that's, that's sort of, uh, you know, maybe it's the force fighting back, right. You know, something like that. But uh, that was a really cool part of the story that I liked a lot. And, uh, you know, I hope we get more answers in regards to that, which I'm sure we will. You know, it's the final season. So because that's still the explanation for Anakin, right? Yeah. Is that the, change that? I don't. Well, that was a Legends book, Darth Plagueis, you know, talking about Anakin as yeah. the chosen one, you know, being but, born because the force is fighting back. But yeah. But they haven't, he's still canon of uh, being born, as in Shmi doesn't know what happened. That's right, yeah. But they they haven't said anything else though, right? So that seems like it's still the most likely answer. Yeah, okay. probably, yeah. This um, is all stuff that they need to recanonize or figure out. So yeah, for sure. Leaving it. Oh, that being said, uh, there is f to celebrate the re-release of The Phantom Menace in theaters, uh, which is a piece of news that has been sparking up a lot of interest lately. Um, I um, I saw that Marvel is going to be doing a, a couple short stories bound in one comic volume, kind of preluding The Phantom Menace. And um, it's a bunch of things like Anakin's dream of freeing all the slaves and being a Jedi and stuff. And uh, there's one about Shmi, I think, in there. Uh, there's one. There's one called the Tuscan and the Gift, or something like that. And then there's there's a few others, but like they're all kind of in relation to the Phantom Menace. So maybe there's some stuff in there that maybe we'll yeah, it's a good opportunity yeah, to get them to explore. Sure. So. Yeah, totally. Uh, let's talk. Uh, let's talk these uh, these <laughs> these uh, Lurka kennel shoots, Kirk. <laughs> So when we were watching the episode, um, Kirk... Uh, the theory I've been waiting for. Oh, oh yeah. So when we were watching <laughs> this episode, um, I, I, I had a, a Nick here, a, a buddy of mine. He's been on the podcast before. And as they're like running down the tunnel, right? Like the security systems activated and all the ray shields are like activating one after the next behind them, like on their heels. And he was just like, why don't they just have one at the end that just turns on? <laughs> It's like, it's just like, I was like, man, like, that is so true. But at the same time, you know, 
Um, it's just so ridiculous that these things are literally built for, for like essentially dogs yeah. and they have like freaking 20 of them. Yeah. Like, it was like, like 50. Like, what's the likelihood that they'll even get through one? Like, <laughs> <laughs> and they all, they all like, subs- like sequentially went on in the absolute wrong order that they should have been turned, <laughs> turned on. Like they'll go, like should have gone from like back to front or from the entry on the outside to that way. Oh, totally. I that, like I, I genuinely, I genuinely thought that um, Crosshair to... was going to get stuck or something. Oh. The, oh yeah, yeah. I thought I thought someone was going to get stuck too. Like maybe that some like Omega would get stuck behind the like the last one or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they get separated. Yeah, or it'll it'll be just the wrong place at the wrong time and just get cut in half. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> what were you saying before? I guess not. Uh, I I was wondering. If, my thoughts are it comes from the inside out because that would be better to stop people trying to break in. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, but it still doesn't mean you can just turn them all on at once. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. It's weird, right? Like you can't. What? Touch- why, why does it? Why does that tunnel even exist? Like, right. why are they not bringing these animals in a separate door and they're just putting them in their cages? But no, they have to have a specific tunnel that goes. It reminded from me of, there um, to the. To the it reminded me of Jurassic Park or Jurassic World, right? I think they have something similar in the like the maybe in like the Velociraptor cages or something like that. They've got like a individual housing, individual housing, and then they have like a lo- like a blast door sort of thing where they can let them out within like a, a, a larger other area Green but then space, yeah. yeah and they also they also all have like the neck collars and whatever else the you difference know, and, is they have chris pratt yeah <laughs> yeah yeah but uh yes, no way <laughs> I, I thought that was just so funny that there's like 20 of those things i was like those literally just served the purpose of this one scene yeah and there's like no real well, good reason a, to have them they need an excuse yeah they, they, they want to make it intense yeah want to make it intense right but yeah I, like i i would have like almost been inclined to have something else like maybe some droid like or the other dog get released and those ones are the ones that are like vicious and like they and they're bullying on the friend dog mm. yeah like the ones that aren't batcher and like they would come chasing them down the tunnel or whatever and then the last ratio gets activated and then the, then they get stopped right but mm-hmm. like i don't know there's like you could think of like 20 other good reasons other than like 50 ratio walls you know uh you know in the past how we've discussed how like there's tons of spin-offs of spin-offs now yeah. do you know what would be an interesting story well we had we had rogue one which was a spin-off to tell us a story about why there was an exhaust port in the death star well there should be a spin-off movie to tell us why there was a tunnel that led to the outside of this base <laughs> a star wars story Here's another good question. Why was there no ray shield over the, 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 like the port for the Death Star? You know, like it's literally just like an open hole. Yeah. There's no, there's no ray shield or anything. Like, it won't vent properly into space. Well, we can't ask Galen or so now because he's gone. Uh, that's a good point. Um, right. So what else? What else about this episode do we like? I love that they actually had Ian McDermott voicing Palpatine. And oh, that was, was really cool. I noticed immediately. I'm like, oh, they got him. Yeah. I know he's spoken to, uh, extensively about that last year at, at Celebration. They got Ian McDermott on stage a number of times and, you know, asked him about the Bad Batch and uh, Rebels because he was in Rebels as well. And at one Just point for, one for, the, for the last few seasons, uh, the last uh, actually it was think it was the whole show because well, um, uh, not the I, I know for sure it wasn't the very beginning because that was Sam Witwer. Right. Not the first 
first episode. Yeah. Yeah, but like the rest of it, whenever he showed up, which I think was just season three and four, maybe. Yeah, it was pretty late. Yeah. They just had Vader through most of that show. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But it was it was cool that they, now that they've been bringing him back into the fold, now that like the Emperor is, is kind of gone, gone, it's like extra gone with the sequel trilogy, right? Like, but... Who knows, right? Like maybe without episode nine, maybe they wouldn't have brought him back at all. Because don't forget all these appearances other than that Rebels finale appearance. uh, All the appearances he's made have been post episode nine. So like maybe that reinvigorated the whole partnership, you know, the whole working relationship there of bringing Ian back for like these small things. Yeah, it could be. Because I mean, at that the point of Rise of Skywalker coming out, I feel like Dave Floney had moved up the ladder a lot. Mm -hmm. So he maybe was able to talk more directly with Ian and then he's like, oh yeah, I would do voice acting and... You know, here yeah, we are. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, the next episode is called... Oh, wait, I have a question to oh, that. Yeah. Because I kept thinking he was there, and then it wasn't. Where is Sam Witwer? <laughs> what, what do you mean? In, in the show? Yeah, because he was in Clone Wars all the time. and then They'll he, find a good spot for him, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, and then he... Yeah. Rebels was he only Maul? He was Maul and, and helped him for the for the very first episode. But. Yeah, I think yeah, I think you're right. I think he was only Maul. He's been exclusively Maul for a while okay. now. Because Clone Wars, he played lots of stuff. Did he? I thought he did. Am I crazy? Well, I thought it was Maul and the Sun, and that was it. And the Sun for Mortis. I thought he did more than that. I don't know. Yeah, maybe we'll see him come back. Who knows? Be hmm. cool to see him back. Yeah, I always liked him. Um, keep keep Star Killer around. Yeah. The next episode is called A Different Approach. Comes out next uh, next week on February. February 28th and uh, I'm hoping that we just continue where we left off because this particular story is fantastic um, anyone got any last minute things before we wrap it up here yeah do you ever think that will sorry I'll, I'll jump in there um, <laughs> no, you go ahead. I paused and you you uh, came strong so you go first <laughs> alright that's what we're gonna do here do you think they'll ever call M count the midichlorian count or they'll just they'll just keep it at, at whatever they, I they, they kick on it. I've M-count. noticed they've called it M count on a number of occasions including the Mandalorian uh, there was uh, Dr. Pershing I believe also referred to midichlorians as M count at one point when they were talking about Grogu uh, if I'm not mistaken I've, I've definitely heard it in that show at least once but um, yeah I'm uh, you know I think it is maybe the new way to say that the term that so many other fans tend to hate so much right because there's a whole group of people out there that aren't necessarily on board with midichlorians and uh, maybe it's like the new accepted oh, really? way yeah like maybe it's like the new accepted kind of slang to shorten it so that it so doesn't hopefully they don't notice yeah hopefully it doesn't uh, bring back all the ptsd of of midichlorians or something for these people Avoiding um, trigger words. Yeah, trigger words. Yeah, it's like you know, if I say midichlorians, you think Jar Jar. Who knows, right? Like, I, like it's what, like that that but psychological. Josh, game. what are midichlorians? <laughs> what's that? What's the oral nose one? Oh man, it's cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. Drugs. No, it's heroin. It's heroin. Yeah, it's heroin. <laughs> yeah that's what it is. <laughs> right. <laughs> Master Qui Gon, what are midichlorians? Heroin. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Oral Knots channel on YouTube for dubbing all the Star Wars movies, and it's it's great. Yeah, it's great. actually, I'm going to give another uh, another shout out to Oral Knots because fun fact that we when I was over at Orbit Key doing the Star Wars uh, collaborations for the retro uh, campaign, oh, uh, yeah. they composed uh, the song for uh, the Andor uh, spot, and right. they were absolutely awesome. I can't remember the can't remember the guys there, but yeah, they were they were really good. And they they did the score for all of the uh, promo work off that because uh, they did an amazing Andor um, uh, promo, um, not uh, like an Andor 1975, I think they called it, where they made the show like a TV intro from the 70s. Yeah. And then, yeah, I saw that and that was like really good inspiration for the, the retro video. So yeah, those guys are those guys are pretty awesome. 
awesome. Yeah, they do good work over there. Yeah, still waiting for dub versions of uh, of the the other the other sequels. <laughs> did they do seven? They did seven. <laughs> did I eight nine? No. Yeah. Uh, right then. Fellas, uh, oh. I think that's pretty much it. How long after Revenge of the Sith does this take place? Well, season one picks up like right away because it's like this first episode is 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 still Order sixty six, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. If I were to estimate, it's got to be only a few years. It's got to be like season three. I would imagine is probably going to end around the five year mark. Okay, it's actually farther than I thought. But if still. if I were to yeah estimate, okay. Because I noticed that stormtroopers, they all have this <coughs> new like early version armor. Oh, that was introduced it. last season. Yeah, yeah the, the proto trooper, right? Yeah, exactly. But the royal guard already looked like the royal guard from episode six. Yeah, well, the royal guards looked like that since episode three or two, even. I, I thought think. they were blue. No, well, in episode one, I think we had blue ones. Those and are senate the, guards. Okay, but they, the royal guards have always been red, if I'm not mistaken. This exact same look with the kind of red cowl. Yeah, in episode three, it was red guards at the door when Yoda walks in and he just goes boom and then they, they hit so the red? floor. I always thought they were blue. Yeah, they were, they're red. Yeah. Maybe I'm colorblind. <laughs> yeah, the design's been around for a while. But Okay, well, never mind then. Because I was thinking it's weird that they transition so fast, but everyone else. Yeah, I think that's because they're they're not clones necessarily all the time, right? Like, um, like well, actually, that's not true. Were, that's not they true. Were they, they were clones. Yeah, they, they were clones and, and then eventually they transitioned out of that. And there was that book that we read called Lords of the Sith, which there was like one clone or something that was like still left yeah around. still left and but then all the other is, ones weren't is that the one is that the book where darth vader and palpatine fight all those bugs in the tunnels yes. and then yeah darth vader is building toys and palpatine's like dancing with children <laughs> on a fire or something <laughs> yes something like that i need references to this so yeah, i've been saying yeah, that's, that's disney canon that's not word for word what happened but uh i'm it's, not I'm, I'm sure it's not 100 accurate but i remember Remember something vaguely like this. There, it, there was a moment where that a Palpatine tried to kill that little Twi'lek girl, and then Vader like saved her. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Wait. Yeah. So Palpatine dancing around the fire with kids, and then he <laughs> killed the Twi'lek girl. Well, no. Darth Vader's making toys. He wasn't dancing. He was there. He was present as the Twi'leks were having a campfire. He was. He was. Doing I'm getting something. mixed messages here. <laughs> I can't remember exactly what he was doing, but I, I'm sure he was doing something there. Him I remember Vader, something weird. That him, I'm like, why is this happening? Yeah, him. Yeah, there, there was a bunch of people around a campfire or something at, or a bonfire, and they were having some sort of event uh, or or dinner or whatever, and um, and they were witnessing the event. And uh, yeah, that was. I can't, we got to look up this quote now. I can't remember where it was in the book, but it's I, near the end. Yeah. But, but yeah. Anyway, um, clones. Uh, you know, just so we can wrap it up here. We're at an hour and thirty. Um, Royal Guards, um, yeah, design consistent. Proto Stormtroopers, if I were to take a swing at guessing what's going to happen with these guys, I think they're going to change the design by the end of season three. I think time time is going to be accelerated forward halfway through the season, maybe. And we're going to get the redesign of the Stormtrooper at some point in this show. And Bad Batch season three is going to be the full circle, bringing us into the time period of uh, Jedi Survivor, which which in that show, I think we do have Stormtroopers, like full-on, full-fledged armored yeah. Stormtroopers. Once we hit rebels, yeah, it's proper stormtroopers. Oh, that's way later. Yeah, that's even after Kenobi and stuff. But like, like early, early days, Jedi Survivor is probably the biggest like staple story on screen that we know of. Oh, yeah. And that's stormtroopers in that game. So yeah, if I if I said like Bad Batch season three is gonna end at the five year mark, it means that those stormtroopers have to transition at that point, or may or maybe not. Maybe we get both of them floating around for a while. Who knows?
goes, right? But uh, mm. yeah, that's just my estimation. So, all right. Um, I think that's all we got. So um, also, uh, we haven't talked about it yet, but I did want to throw out a uh, notable, just because it's still the same month and I didn't want it to get too far. But uh, obviously we had a huge loss this month with uh, Carl Weathers, uh, who was a legendary actor. You know, a lot of people know him from the Rocky series or uh, Predator. Predator. Yeah. Predator as well. The legendary GIF handshake with Arnie. Yeah, man. I still use that. It's I use it all gift. the time. I use it all the time. Apparently, he was such a, a nice guy. Uh, you know, uh, Arrested Development is also very popular on. Everyone who knows him was so, um, you know, just like he's such a respectful human being. You know, he was well respected by his peers and by his coworkers and. Uh, like I such was, a genuinely good person. Yeah, yeah. And like one of those Hollywood actors that like you watch and like on the behind the scenes and interviews and whatever else. And like they, they don't have that ego about them or anything like that. They're just like, I don't know, just like, just like, it's like you're a good person. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I, I got similar vibes from uh, Danny Trejo at the uh, the expo the other day. People are, they just, they just have this aura. Yeah. Of, like you can just chat them and they're just going to be like normal people. Right, There's right. Some A-list actors, like they almost seem unapproachable you know what i mean like yeah they, they just live in another world yeah totally totally um yeah carl uh, kirk what do you remember of carl weathers what, what? uh happy gilmore was like a huge oh, part of my childhood i remember nice. i think i watched i watched that movie i had an ipod nano or like the first one with like the screen like it was like a two inch screen or something and i, and I, I watched happy gilmore like thirty thousand times i reckon on that thing and nice. yeah that's where i first remember carl weathers from and i've only i've only just rewatched like the rocky series as, as well well as he's just got such a good presence uh in in mandalorian and i was actually um i was actually re-watching the disney gallery uh oh maybe not disney gallery the behind the scenes of mandalorian season one and he's quite uh, prevalent in a lot of those interviews and yeah. He, yeah like what you guys are saying he's such a seems like such a gentle soul and such a nice person and mm-hmm. yeah i always listen enjoyed listening to hearing him talk uh, yeah. as well so i was yeah it was, it was a big shock yeah big shock and he he directed a few episodes too here and there i think he directed one or two and in, in Mandalorian, yeah, yeah. right? Man. Mandalorian, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, uh, also, I didn't realize he was an ex NFL player. Yeah, he was an ex BC Lions. Oh, play- sorry, it was, player. It was it CFL? CFL, CFL. Okay, yeah, football. And uh, so he played for our local our local team. And, That's crazy. Uh, he was in Vancouver last year at, at Fan wow. Expo. Um, so uh, you know, thankfully, I was there at that one and got to see his panel and got to watch him answer fan questions and. Uh, watch him talk and he was just such a genuine guy you know mm-hmm. standing up there and just really appreciative of all his fans and you know people like loving what he did he's done in his career and uh so yeah so it's a it's a, it's a loss to uh to star wars fans to fans of of carl weathers and and um yeah i just wanted to throw that out there before we before we finish the month of february so um yeah here's to carl weathers here. All right. Thank you guys for uh, coming on the show. And um, naturally, you know, we'll see you in the, the next one for Bad Batch Season 3, Episode 4 after show coming out next week. Crazy. Crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird. It's technically Episode 4. Yeah. Return to Pabu. Return to Pabu. Oh, no. Nope. <laughs> Pabu strikes back. Hopefully there's no Pabus in this in this entire show going forward. But uh, all right, Kirk. Pabu, thanks so much, man. Reckoning. And, uh, Thanks for having me again. Oh wait, actually, wait. Did we do Pablo points of Pudas for this episode? This third one? Uh, I don't. Think I don't we think we did. Okay, two for me. Two for me. Yeah, I would say two because I know I did watch through these twice, and this one, even though it felt like it had some big reveals, it also was mostly action. Yeah. <laughs> so the second time watching through wasn't as interesting actually as the Fair first enough. one, which just felt like a slow burn. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, but I I agree with Kirk. 
that all three of them together make an actual a really good story. Piece of story. Yeah. And all of them together, I'd probably give about two and a half. A wise choice airing them all together in one clump like that. That was mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. Good move. Yeah. But it makes me worry that we're gonna get same thing as season two, which is a huge opener that's awesome, and then nothing happens for six episodes, and then a really good closer. Season two of what? A bad batch. The one that's already passed. Yeah, it last happened last year. Oh well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Strong. I was yeah. comparing to the previous one. Yeah. Gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Okay, yeah, yeah. I see what you mean. Oh well, it's the final season, so hopefully they don't waste any time. Yeah, I'm hoping yeah. for uh, Clone Wars season seven. Yeah, just totally. full action. Yeah. All right, guys. We'll catch you in the next one. We'll see you out there. Keep flying. All right. Thank you to our audience. Thank you for uh, listening, and uh, thanks so much to um, to our uh, our volunteer guests, all our friends joining up on these after shows and um, recent episodes. I mean, definitely go check those out. We had our Star Wars Day uh, behind the blast doors episode, so make sure you go check that out as uh, as well as the others that we dropped in January. Uh, they've been great. We've had some really great special guests on recently. Uh, go and subscribe on YouTube. You can find us with the handle at SWSK Podcast. On Twitter, Insta- uh, Twitter and, and YouTube, our Instagram is now closed, uh, and uh, you can send us an email, swskpodcast at gmail.com. Definitely tune in on any platform of your choice. We are everywhere across the galaxy. And join the Discord. We love five stars, so make sure you leave some of those as well if you're on Spotify and Apple. And we will see you in the next episode. May the Force be with you. <laughs>